Today, we are going to continue to look at the Lord's Prayer, which actually only takes about 20 seconds to say. Now, many of you probably know this prayer, probably even by heart. But have you ever stopped to really look at what Jesus was trying to teach us about prayer? Last week, we learned that Jesus taught us that prayer is both relational and reorienting. And today, we're going to continue to see what Jesus wants to teach us about prayer. It's in Luke chapter 11, verse 2, that, that Jesus says this to his disciples. He said, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's the second part of this verse that, that we really want to spend some time looking at today. And these words have challenged my own words in prayer in so many ways. And, and there's such powerful words that Jesus prays. And in these words, Jesus is showing us what it looks like to pray with humility, but also live with hope. And that is going to be our bottom line for this morning, that we can pray with humility, but live with hope. And in these words, your kingdom come and your will be done, Jesus is teaching us to petition God for two things. But what we need to notice is that there's actually a lot more here than just asking God for two things. And we also have to notice that when we ask God, your kingdom come and your will be done, notice how it's not for ourselves. And so today we're going to see how Jesus is teaching us what it looks like to pray with humility. And so the question is, is how do you pray with humility? Well, first, praying with humility begins with wanting God's kingdom to come. When you want God's kingdom to come, you're asking for two things. First, you're asking for God's rule and reign to continue in the hearts and lives of people here on earth. This is exactly how God has been working since Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit came and he worked in people's hearts and transformed their lives. And it's been happening this way ever since. God's kingdom has been advancing in the hearts and lives of people here on earth this way. But not only are we asking for God's kingdom to advance, but we're also asking for God's kingdom to return. Literally asking for Jesus to come and return once again. You see, Jesus says, please, God, come. We want your kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. You see, God wants us to do this because uh, when Jesus returns, sickness and death are going to be no more, and yet love and joy will only remain. Jesus is going to bring in eternity when he returns. You see, we actually see a few apostles pray this prayer in the scriptures. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, we see the apostle John who just literally had a revelation and saw God's kingdom come. He said these words in Revelation 22. He said, come, Lord Jesus. And then the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 22, he said basically the same exact words. He said, our Lord, come. You see, praying with humility 
is asking for God's kingdom to come, to be to advance and to be realized in the hearts and lives of people here on earth. And notice how we are to ask for God's kingdom to come, not our own. But not only that, we are also wanting and supposed to ask for God's will to be done. That's what it looks like to pray with humility. You see, Jesus knows that it's easy to be a citizen of a kingdom, but also at the same time to be a rebel against the king's will. And so Jesus says, when you pray, you need to pray for the Lord's will to come. He wants us to be both citizens of his kingdom, but also desire God's will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That word will means that what one determines shall be done. And so humility is wanting God's will to be done in your life and in my life. And in scriptures, we actually see that Jesus himself is the greatest example of humility. But not only that, he actually prays this prayer, asking God's will to be done. Maybe you know the story. When Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays those exact words. And in all four Gospels, we read these words. Jesus prays this prayer. He says, yet not my will, but thy will be done. You see, Jesus just saw what was in the cup. He saw what was going to happen. And he actually asked for it to pass. But he also knew that what the Father wills will be done. And so he says, yet not my will, but thy will be done. You see, Jesus is the greatest example of humility. And humility is desiring God's will to be done in our lives and in the lives of other people, not our own will. And so in these two phrases, your kingdom come and your will be done, Jesus is teaching us what it looks like to pray with humility. Wanting God's kingdom to be established, wanting God's kingdom to be advanced, but also wanting his will to be enacted in our lives here on earth. It is especially in the, in the times that we're currently in, it's, it's my kingdom and it's my will that are being challenged on every front. We have leaders in place that have put some boundaries in our lives on, on where we can go and, and who we can see and, and what we can do. And, and to be honest with you, I don't like that. I don't like being told no. I don't like not being in control. And, and I even have caught myself saying things like, you're not the boss of me, or you can't tell me what to do. I mean, after all, I have my kingdom to run, and I have my will to be done. I want what I want, and I will fight for my kingdom, and I will protect my will at all costs. I sometimes think, wouldn't it just be easier if, if everyone, if all of you could get on board and, and help me to, to, to advance my kingdom and to, and to grow my will? If that, that would be great if you would all be willing to do that for me. But I, I know you can't because you have your will to be done and you have your kingdom to advance. And oftentimes it's your kingdom and your will that are 
in direct opposition to my own kingdom and my will. And this creates a problem. And, and the problem gets even worse because when all of our kingdoms and all of our wills start bumping into each other and they're combining to create what we call the kingdom of earth. In this kingdom, and these wills are often in direct defiance to the kingdom of heaven and the will of our heavenly Father. I wonder if you can feel this tension. I, I know that I, I sure can. And I, I felt this tension before the pandemic, and I feel it even more now. Charles is so right. When we live in such a way where we want our kingdoms and our wills to be done, it will always lead to pride, and pride leads to destruction. But when we listen to Jesus' words and we pray with humility, I promise you that humility will always lead to hope. And this is, this is the part that I love because when we pray with humility, and, and, and we can live with this hope. I mean, listen to what Jesus prays next. And, and this has stretched my thoughts and has given me such hope. Because he ends this verse by saying, on earth as it is in heaven. Now, now wait a minute. I, I just don't know if I can buy that. I mean, I know what it's like here on earth. And it is nothing like I imagine heaven to be like. It's nothing like I know heaven to be like. Because here on earth, we face hardships. We face struggles. In fact, uh, John tells us in his book, in chapter th uh, 16, he says, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. It's these trials and sorrows we all know all too well. In fact, I know that some of you are facing some of these trials and sorrows even now. I mean, I thought it was our goal to, to survive this earth the best that we can so that we can get to heaven. I mean, and we try to be good people. We try to do good things. We, we try to say the right things. We try to go to church enough. And, and we try to get through this life with as little pain as possible so that, hopefully, at the end of our lives, we've done enough things. We've done enough good or we've said the right things to be able to get from down here to up there to heaven. You know, I wonder if that is your thoughts. And if it is, I would love to just kind of push back on those thoughts a little bit today and hopefully give you some hope today. Because Jesus is saying in his prayer that it is possible, it is possible and even happening that we can experience here on earth a piece of heaven. And, and this is our hope. And this is possible because of a man named Jesus. In the midst of our broken world that we live in, Jesus, he slipped in and he announced to all of us the availability of life under God's reign and power starting now, not later. You know, John also tells us in his book in chapter 10 that Jesus said this, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. A rich and satisfying life. This is what we want. 
This, this is what we all long for. And, and this is a life that begins now, not, not just after we die. And so when I think about this, it causes me to ask a couple questions. It, it, it makes me wonder, you know, what does heaven look like here on earth? And, and, and what does a rich and satisfying life look like now? And where can we see and where can we experience this hope that he's speaking of right now? One of the aspects of heaven on earth that we can experience now is our connection with God. You see, when God created the world, he created humans in his image. And when he created humans in his image, he created them to be relational, to have a connection with him. And so God placed them in the garden, and, and it's there that God would walk with them and talk with them and commune with them. You see, there was perfect connection with God. But then we, many of us know the story of Adam and Eve, they, they sinned. They disobeyed God's command. And it's because of that, God then kicked them out of the garden and subjected them to death. You see, God even put guards at the gate of the garden so that they couldn't weasel their way back in. And so the connection was broken. But then we get to the story of Jesus, just like Charles was mentioning. We get to the story of Jesus where he came and lived a perfect life and he went to the cross where he died, but then rose again three days later. And because of Jesus, he made a way back into a connection with God. He made a way for our relationship with God to be reconciled. Jesus is that way back into the holies of holies, back into paradise. Jesus is actually the way into the gate and the flock and the fold of God. But we don't have to wait for heaven to experience this connection or this relationship in our lives. We, it's not something that we're expecting. It's something we can experience now. Through faith in Christ, Jesus gives us new life. Through faith in Christ, we are grafted into the family of God. Through faith in Christ, our relationship with God has been reconciled. Not in full of what it will be, but, but in part here on earth. Even though we are still sinners, we can live our lives now with the hope of knowing that our relationship, our connection with God has been reconciled. I mean, just, just that thought, it, it amazes me. But there's a second way that we can experience earth as it is in heaven, and that is through peace. Uh, what a tricky little word that is, peace. Uh, peace is, is hard to come by for so many of us in so many areas of our lives. In fact, many of us struggle with just peace within ourselves, that inner peace. We struggle with, with doubts and with fears and with uncertainties in our lives, and, and that, that can cause a lack of peace. I, I think about different times of the year when we can experience this, and it's interesting that even surrounding Christmas time, when it's supposed to be peace on earth, that is when we struggle the most with depression and anxiety. We, we wrestle with inner peace, but then it grows, and it grows into interpersonal peace struggles. That is struggles with, with one another. That is people against people. You can see this all the time. We see this 
most recently in the grocery stores, fighting over toilet paper. We, we see this on, on Facebook, the lack of peace between people. I, I've personally experienced this when, when getting into a disagreement or an argument with a coworker or a friend or even with my wife or my kids. And then it, it continues to grow into this, uh, into this international lack of peace. That is, that is that there's conflicts raging around the globe, uh, the threats of war and, and of potential terrorism strikes that are always kind of looming out there. And, and with all of these things at play, I, I wonder, how are we supposed to have peace on earth as it is in heaven? And for that, I, I look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, that refers to Jesus as the Prince of Peace. But let's not confuse the kind of peace he's referring to because Jesus never promised us world peace in the areas that I've just described. Jesus' mission was to bring peace between sinful humans, that's you and I, and God. In fact, Romans 5.10 describes us as enemies of God, but then it goes on to say that while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son. It's through Jesus that we can have peace with God, and if you are a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, this peace is your reality now, not later. You know, this peace that we have with God is greater than anything we could ever experience. So I say thank you, Jesus, for this, because it is this peace that gives us the hope of heaven on earth. Another aspect of heaven on earth that we can experience now is the ability to praise God. In Revelation chapter 4, we are actually given a glimpse into the throne room of God. And and let me tell you, there is a lot of praise going on. In, In fact, We're told that those that are in the throne room never cease to praise God. And they praise God this way. They say in verse verse 9, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You see, what this shows us is that we can praise God, but we don't have to wait for heaven to praise God. We actually are called to praise God right here on earth. Psalm 150 shows us, that's the last psalm, and it's kind of like a doxology or an ending. And Psalm 150 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now what this is telling us is that we can experience praise on earth as it is in heaven because no matter what we're enduring, no matter what we are going through, like a pandemic, we can praise God for his marvelous deeds and his wonderful greatness. In fact, that's something that we are called to do because of Jesus and and who he is and what he has done for us. We are called to praise him no matter what we are going through. And let me tell you this, praise will always lead to hope. So true. So when we pray, As Jesus taught us to pray, we should pray with humility and we should live with hope. And it it seems only fitting to close our time together today responding to this hope that that we have now. So let's respond together. 
out of peace with praise.